At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in, Fight Citizens Manic Monday edition of the Detroit City Cast. Big weekend to recap. So much to get to on this show. We're going to talk about what needs to be changed about All Star Weekend. Also, this is an interesting time of the year. Football's over. Of course, there's college hoops and NBA and NHL and other things going on. But I've got a, a sport that I really want to kind of focus on. We've talked about it here in the past that I think you can make a lot of money on. And if you get ready between now and uh, early April, and I want to give it away a little tease here, you know, you might be able to get your kind of handle on what it's going to take to be profitable in this sport. And of course, I'll continue to give you picks. I cashed a big uh, ticket over the weekend, and uh, we'll get into that a little later. And of course, take a trip to the Motown betting window, NBA off for a couple days. Uh, things are a little quieter Motown-wise with the teams here. Uh, but of course, we have Michigan State, Michigan playing, and we'll get into that over the next week or so as well when they're uh, ready for action. But I, I, I want to start with this, and I'm frustrated because I have a lot of respect for Juwan Howard as a coach. You know, I, I've known Juwan for a while. I called his son Juwan Howard Jr.'s games when I was the Detroit Titans play-by-play announcer. He paid his dues. He's worked his way up, longtime assistant with the Miami Heat. Of course, played in the league for a long time. Uh, you know, was a Fab Fivers. Uh, of all the issues the Fab Fivers had with Chris Webber and the Ed Martin scandal, Juwan Howard was always looked at as the one that was clean. Like, yeah, he was kind of a, you know, could be a very uh, intense guy, but then he was never looked at as someone that really did anything dirty as opposed to some of the other players of that era, especially, you know, Chris Webber. And the big concern for me when John Beeline shocked the world and, and just got up and left to go to the NBA, which I understood why he did it. I thought it was a bad idea. And it obviously ended up being a bad idea because he flamed out right away and didn't last more than a year. But John Beeline, much like Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State in college football, would get the two and three stars, was never getting the five stars, and would, would turn them in like to four and five stars. You know, Trey Burke was ranked below my man Carlton Brundage, who played for the Detroit Titans. And Burke became, you know, obviously his NBA career has been up and down, but one of the great players in recent college basketball history for that period of time. And Mitch McGarry and some others. And and obviously you look at Mark D'Antonio, what he did with Le'Veon Bell and others, turning them in from like two, three stars to four, five stars. So, you know, Beeline was the kind of guy that might never get the top level recruits, but would always be able to turn who he got into the system he ran and obviously took Michigan on two runs to national championship games. So you got Juwan Howard, who 
I was never worried about the ability for him to recruit with the AAU connections. He was going to get the top-level recruits. Could he coach? And the second he hired Phil Martelli, you know, when Juwan Howard got the job, the longtime St. Joe's coach, you knew that he knew what he was doing. He brings in a guy that's been coaching for 30-plus years, you know, at a high level. And, you know, one year they were the one seed and undefeated with uh, Jimmy Nelson. And, you know, this is a guy in Juwan Howard that had never been a head coach before, but was showing what it took to become early on a good head coach by bringing the right people in. And we've seen that in Michigan. So then you start seeing what he was able to do in his short period of time so far in Ann Arbor. Obviously, this year has not gone well, but the last couple of years have been fantastic at times. And you can see that, obviously, he knows how to coach, too. But what happened yesterday against Wisconsin, and, you know, no, those of you know, that know me, I mean, I'm a Michigan fan, so I'm not going to, I'm going to take this from the angle of overall fandom in, in, in the sport of college basketball. But as a Michigan fan, I'm, I'm upset. And, and I will say this. You know, when it comes to leading men and representing Michigan and all the things that entail that way, yeah, there are certain schools that don't care about certain stuff like this. I don't think many schools would really be happy with their coach slapping another coach. But there's other schools that it might not be as big of a deal as far as like the the stature of what the school is trying to represent. And Word Manual, the AD, came out with that statement and said how unacceptable it was and that's not what Michigan is. That, that, to me, as a Michigan fan, really hurt. Because I expect better, and, I, and I know, I'm sure Juwan Howard expects better. So the whole situation could have been a lot different if he doesn't reach out and slap another coach. And before I get into the rest of that, I will say this. I was on a text thread. I was talking to different friends of mine throughout the, the day yesterday. A lot of people didn't even watch the game and were just like, you know, sending me tweets of the of the aftermath. And I'm like, listen, I was watching it live. One friend of mine said <laughs> that he should be suspended for the rest of the season, including any tournaments. I'm like, listen, he slapped a coach. He didn't knife somebody. He didn't pull a gun out or a machete uh, or a sword. So that's silly. But what happened and what transpired with Jawan Howard was, was unacceptable. And he's got to show restraint. I know that Garb, you know, the Wisconsin coach, might have said some things to him. I know he, he touched him on the chest. I know that you know, Howard wasn't happy with the timeout that he called. And Gard made a, a lot of sense because he wanted his guy to have more than four seconds to, to break the press you know, on the inbound. The whole thing's a mess. But the bottom line is this. Jawan Howard's got to be better. And he's going to get suspended. I think at least two games. Maybe more. And this has been a frustrating year at times for the Wolverines. Of course, they had a great win against Purdue. We gave you that play on the show here. They had a you know, bad loss to Ohio State after that. Then they came back, and I told you to take them against Iowa because it was kind of a zigzag theory type thing. They got the job done against Iowa, and then they're in that game and up by five against Wisconsin. I think it was a 16-3 run and completely flipped it. It's been a tough year. That doesn't give you an excuse to get frustrated and kind of like how a manager in baseball might get tossed to you know, spark his team. Juwan Howard can't do that with 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. You can't do that. And I hope that a big lesson was learned. Those of you that are saying that Howard Jr. is done and he's going to get fired, that's absurd. I mean, yeah, what he did was stupid, but he's not getting fired. He's not getting suspended for the entire season and the tournaments. I mean, it's possible it could be the rest of the regular season. But I'll, I'll just tell you this. 
Michigan stands for a lot of things at a very high level. And not to say other schools don't have high standards. A lot of them do. But some of them would just care more about winning. And no matter how you do it, then how you handle yourself when you're on your way to try to win championships or conference tournaments or games or whatever it is. Michigan is the kind of school that cares about that. And I liked what Ward Manuel had to say. I know Tom Izzo's come out, said he was bothered by the Juwan Howard incident. Uh, I know Izzo said it, it reminded him of the malice at the Palace. I mean, I don't know, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, I've seen some, you know, as I mentioned, some columnists and people around the country saying that, that Juwan Howard should be fired. I mean, I think that's a little nuts. But this was unacceptable, and it's embarrassing as a Wolverine fan. And Jawan Howard has got to really come out. I mean, remember how emotional he was when he got the job? He's got to, and I know he's an emotional guy, and I know how grateful he is to have the Michigan job. He has got to come out, and yes, he gave a statement or explained after the game about why things you know, escalated. He's got to have a press conference where he comes out and just literally talks and says, listen, I don't care what ended up happening or what was said. What I did was completely unacceptable. It will not happen again. I understand why people are, are upset and there's an uproar. It's not fair to the kids. It's a bad example. He's got to do that whole thing and mean it. And I believe if he does, he will mean it. But that's got to happen. And then what that does is, in a way, it's like self, you know, it's, it's self-policing himself that if he, and giving himself accountability, if it does happen again, then it would be okay. It's time to move on for Juwan Howard. You know, he comes out and says, listen, this will never happen again. I know why it's unacceptable. I let my emotions get the better of me. If he does that, and then it happens again, there's no wiggle room. Now, I mean, obviously there could be a very rare scenario. Like, let's say someone punches him or something. I mean, yes, I'm not, I'm not trying to make an excuse that there'll be a way for him to stay in that scenario. But I'm just saying, like, if something crazy like that happened, that's one thing, which is obviously very unlikely to happen. But if he goes after someone or even reacts to something again and, you know, strikes someone or slaps someone like he did yesterday with a Wisconsin assistant or anything like that, then it would be, all right, Juwan Howard needs to get fired. I don't think we're there that, we're the, I don't think we're at that point yet. And like I mentioned, for me, it's very, very frustrating as a Wolverine fan and someone that respects Juwan Howard, that knows him on a personal level, not like extremely close or anything with him, but you know, all the years I covered his son and called his son's games, he would surprise him here and there at different games and got to, you know, know him a little bit and obviously respect the heck of what he's doing uh, for the Michigan program until obviously this stuff. And I know he got into a turgeon last year uh, in the tournament as well, the Maryland coach, but there's nothing wrong with being emotional. There's nothing wrong with, being someone that really wants to stand up for yourself and your team and your kids, but then there's a line and you can't cross it. And he crossed it and maybe some of the Wisconsin guys crossed it, but I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about Jawan Howard on the Michigan side. He crossed that line and struck a coach that was completely unacceptable. And that's what's going to get him suspended. And it gives his kids who are so connected to him and have such respect for him and in awe of him, you know, watching the old YouTube videos of the Fab Five and what he did in his NBA career, it it gives a, a terrible example for them. I'm not saying that Hunter Dickinson is going to go out and start fighting people or Eli Brooks is going to go and start, you know, sweeping people's legs on the court because they see their coach slap another, uh, you know, coach on the Wisconsin side. But you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You want to be a leader. A leader, you know, in, in the basketball way, in the X's and O's, a leader in how to carry yourself as a man, 
a leader in how to carry yourself as a coach. You know, I traveled with the Detroit Titans and Ray McCallum for years. And just seeing the way they handled themselves on the road, how he handled himself, like he was setting an example for those kids. Some of the kids are 18. Remember when you were 18? So that is such an important part of being a head coach, even at the high level of, of Michigan basketball or Duke basketball or Kentucky or whatever it is, especially in the NBA too. You've got to set the example. And yesterday that example went backwards for Jawan Howard, and he's going to have to pay with the suspension. I don't think he's not going to get fired and should not get fired, but he's got to have a true mea culpa and come out and take the full accountability. Not like he did yesterday in the press conference explaining what happened. That's that's fine. But a, a separate press conference to explain, probably with Ward Manuel, how he's discussed this with Ward. He knows it's unacceptable. It will never happen again. And he's going to have to obviously explain to the kids why this is not the way to do certain things. That's what I want to see from Juwan Howard. And, you know, Michigan's still in this season where they can still make the tournament, maybe go on a run. The last thing they needed was what happened yesterday at the end of the Wisconsin game with Juwan Howard. All right, coming up next, what needs to change about All-Star Weekend and a way to make some money betting a sport that many of you maybe have never bet before. But I got some good tips for you to do it. And we'll get to that coming up next right here on the Manic Money Edition of the Detroit CityCast presented by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. All-Star Weekend has come and gone, and it's always been something that I've really enjoyed. And, you know, we talked about it on, on Friday, where I gave you my plays for the weekend, and, and, you know, I was definitely off with the three-point shootout. I mean, Zach Levine was garbage. I know he came off, you know, not played for a week from the injury, not really practiced, but I really thought he was going to have a better performance than that. And then I really thought Fred Van Vliet uh, could be a threat. And, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, the longest shot on the board, anywhere between 10 to 13 to 1, wins it. So that was crazy. Um, and I did give you Obi Toppin in the dunk contest. And then, you know, the All-Star game itself, I like this new Elam ending and the format they have with the different quarters. Uh, you know, they reset the score. Obviously, they keep the running total. And, and that that's fine. I think the All-Star game was great. And obviously, I'm I, uh, not happy with the way that it ended because I gave you Team LeBron minus five and a half, five or five and a half. And they had the ball. You know, they had gone on that like four nothing run. They had a chance to win the game, cover with six or seven. And then, of course, they missed the game-winning shot. Let teams around get that three. And then, of course, they win by three with that ridiculous shot to win it. Um, But this is the issue I have that I think needs to change. The dunk contest has become a joke. I know that we're never going to have the days of Michael Jordan and Neek and Spud Webb and, you know, the classic old school dunk contest because you had the the biggest stars in the game in that. You're never going to see, I mean, LeBron's obviously getting older, but you're never going to see the biggest stars in the NBA, the Giannis's or, you know, Kevin Durant even. Guys that are, you know, in a way have nothing to win because, yes, they could win the dunk contest, but they could also get hurt. They could look silly. So I understand. You could be, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. You know, a guy like him was never going to do the dunk contest later, you know, in his career. And, uh, I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. 
but it doesn't mean it can't be done at a high level that isn't embarrassing. I mean, yeah, I'm glad that I gave you Obi Toppin. I, I was all about it. and a big play on Obi Toppin and felt he, you know, he had a great chance to win last year and learn from his mistakes. But you got a guy, Jalen Green, who's got some of the most incredible hops for a rookie in years, said he studied all the old YouTube videos and then couldn't make a dunk for four times in a row. Like, there's got to be a way to make this thing not so boring. Where it's like, yes, I understand that some of these guys are trying certain things. They might miss on the first try. But I, I know they've tweaked the contest in recent years. But it's just becoming a farce. It's a shell of what it used to be. And I just feel like there's got, and maybe maybe part of that is my hope that maybe some of the bigger names will be in the dunk contest. But I don't, as long as there's good dunks, as long as you don't have guys that are attempting the same dunk seven times before they make it, you know, figure out what you're going to do, practice it, make the dunk in one or two tries, not four or five or six or seven. And I mean, we talked about this on Friday. I know that as a kid, it was such a big thing for me, and I'm sure for many of you, when All-Star Saturday Night came around, it was an era where there weren't a million games on TV and streaming and all these different options you have to watch both sports and, and other things. So it was a bigger deal because of less things going on, but the way it was put together was better. And you had good dunk contests, and you had exciting three-point shootouts and the skill stuff and you know the rookie sophomore challenge and, and the whole weekend. And, it, and it's still fun, and I still love it, like I mentioned, and I still watch it every year. But the dunk contest is usually, at least for me, and I think many of other of you, the, the best part of the weekend. And it, 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 was, it, this was a, it was a joke. It was bad. And I, I mean, you look at like, you know, Dominique Wilkins like shaking his head and the judges just kind of like cringing because some of those dunk attempts were so bad. And there's got to be a better way. I mean, I don't know. They've, they've tweaked it and they've tried to make it where, you know, you don't have to put so much pressure on making your first dunk, whatever it is. But maybe you got to do that again. Maybe you got to do it where like they, these guys know they've already turned in what dunks they're doing and they've been practiced and they're not going to look so bad and you're not going to try to do them five or six or seven or eight times and just be like, take all the air out of the building. That's the premier event. You've got to do something to make it not so boring and, you know, and so much of a letdown. So that for me just is something that's got to be changed. I mean, I know some people want to get rid of it. I don't think you get rid of it. I mean, it's still the marquee in many people's eyes event of All-Star Saturday night, but I'm just getting really tired of some of these duds. I know a few years back, the Levine, Aaron Gordon one was awesome. But then you got to go back to like probably Dwight Howard. I mean, we're talking very few good dunk contests in like 20 years. It's not that hard, right? I mean, you got great dunkers in the NBA. Jalen Green could be end up being one of the better dunkers in recent memory. But studying YouTube didn't really seem to work for him. He wasn't really prepared. So figure something out with that NBA because... I mean, I just don't want to be so let down by somebody that normally gets me really excited and, you know, that has those viral moments and it just it's not, not happening uh, recently. All right, I, I want to throw this uh, out there to you. Over the weekend, I cashed a big ticket on Joaquin Neiman in golf. 46 to 1, you know, had a nice 15-hour bet on him. Had some top fives and top tens as well. And as we're in this period of time where we've got you know, college hoops that's getting towards the tournaments, NBA getting towards the playoffs, NHL as well. And then baseball will start, you know, hopefully in April, March, April. 
It's not like the insanity of the fall when you've got college football, you've got pro football, you know, NBA and NHL are starting, you got all of this stuff going on and all these options to, to, to wager on. I want to help make you some cash. And I've, I've, I've given out many golf plays on this show and I'll continue to do that and let people know who I have for the weekend um, in, in different tournaments. But I just want to kind of briefly explain to people out there how to bet on golf and obviously, this is things that I've learned over years, so it's not like I can explain it to you in one show, but we're going to continue to do this throughout here on the CityCast, talk about different types of betting and different types of sports and ways to bet on sports that can make you money. Because some of you out there, this is completely fine. You're doing it just casually for fun, throwing 10, 20 bucks on a team you love or on a future. That's that's great. Others are betting a little more and maybe still doing it for fun, but you know it's not like something you're really trying to, you're, you're, you care only about profit. Everyone always wants to win, of course. But then there's people like me out there. You know, I, I you know, su- support uh, or add to a, a decent chunk of my income throughout the year by betting because I've, I've been very successful for much of my life. I mean, definitely the last 20 years, but I started doing, you know, started betting. Uh, I know back then I was illegal, uh, but you know, when I was in middle school, high school, and I was always good at picking games and point spreads and those stupid old parlay cards, which gave me terrible value, but I would bang those every now and then. And and now it's all about, you know, finding the right information, having good, you know, money management and bankroll strategy, and also, you know, getting the, the right kind of people to give you plays that they like uh, based on, you know, the research they've done aside from the stuff that you're doing on your own. And that's where I've been very lucky, you know, to have a lot of great information from friends of mine and also get my own research done. And I've always had a good feel for making plays and giving them out. I mean, we saw what we did here on, on the show for the NFL playoffs. I was 13-2 and two against the spread, 26-12 and 12 against the spread in bowl season. So, I mean, I, not that I'm trying to you know, sell my credibility to you. If you listen to me or watch me or even the years that I've been at the ticket, you know that I'm good at this. And I want to help you the best way I can because some of you are really going to get serious about adding to your income, not betting above your means. Of course not, that's not what I mean. But, you know, having a strategy where you can make a decent amount of extra money throughout the year betting on sports while having fun, but also being very profitable. And golf, to me, is, if not the best sport to do that, right up there with horse racing. And yeah, the NFL and college football are great to bet on. There's the, the, the fewest games of the seasons compared to like basketball and baseball and hockey. But you can't make a bet on an NFL game and get 150 to one and then four days later win that money. Yeah, you can bet like $5,000 on the Lions getting 15 points against like Green Bay or something and cash that ticket. But... You know, you can't bet $50 on Scotty Scheffler and get 101 and win $5,000 in four days. That's what you've got in golf. And I mentioned I had Joaquin Neiman yesterday. The strategy I normally have is I bet anywhere between three to five guys, sometimes six if I have a couple smaller plays. But my usual my usual um, unit for, for golf futures is $50. Sometimes it's 100 But normally 50 My smaller bets will be 25 29 39 something like that, or 35 and so, for example, Neiman was 46 to 1. $50 paid 2350 bucks. I also took a couple other guys, took Maverick McNeely, took Max Homa, and took uh, Thomas Peters, who did very poorly. But then I also, aside from getting like 90 to 1 on Maverick McNeely, and I think it was 60 to 1 on Homa, uh, I backed up those wagers with a top five on Max Homa, who barely missed out on that, and a top 10 on Maverick McNeely, who, who cashed that. He was, I think it was nine and a half to one. When you look at, at betting on golf, 
if you, let's say, you know, take a few three or four or five guys for outrights, whatever amount of money you want to take it with, and you back that up with some of the same guys or even some others for top fives, finishing the top five, top 10, finishing the top 10, top 20, finishing the top 20, you might not get the outright because it's very tough. I mean, I've been lucky so far this year in the new season, well, the season's a wraparound season, but since the, you know, the, the tournament camp Smith one uh, about six or seven weeks ago, I've had three outrights. You get, you get five a year, you're going to be profiting a ton of money. But the weeks that you don't win on those outrights, if you have some other bets on top fives and top tens, not only are you going to pay for the other bets, but you're going to profit. Like if, let's say I had just won the Maverick McNeely top 10 yesterday, it would have covered all my bets and I would have profited a little money. Obviously, of course, winning the, the uh, Joaquin Neiman future really, really helped. And obviously added a ton. And with the Maverick McNeely, it was a hell of a, of a Sunday for me. But if Neiman had, let's say, failed and more had won, I still would have made a little money and had the chance to make a ton of money. So when you look at golf betting, it's you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can bet five. I have a friend that bets five dollars on guys that are hundred to one, hundred and twenty to one. And believe me, these guys. Sam Burns was hundred to one when he won, and Scheffler last week was hundred to one. You can get guys that will win on the PGA Tour at hundred to one or more. I mean, obviously, some weeks I will back bets up with favorites that are you know John Rahm's are only nine or you know twelve to one, and Morikawa and McIlroy and guys like that. But it's really looking for the guys that are going to win the tournaments when they don't win, when the favorites don't win. Because the, the Tiger Woods is not playing right now. Back in the day, he won a lot, multiple tournaments a year and was and had terrible value with his odds. He sometimes was like 3-1, to 4-1, to one, which is crazy. Now the lowest would be for the favorite, maybe 8-1, to 10-1. Sometimes it's 12-1, to one, depending on the field. So you look, I look for guys in the range of like the 20-1 to one or 25-1 to one or 30-1 to one or 40-1 to one or, and, and beyond. And then occasionally, like I mentioned, I will back up some of the, the plays I make with a guy that's one of the you know top three or four favorites if I really think they have a great chance to win because then at least I'm making my money back and, and probably profiting a little bit based on the bet that I make. But I'm looking for the value of guys that are in the you know the mid-range, the 20 to 101 type guys. And believe me, it is just so much fun. There's nothing like a Sunday sweat when it comes to sweating out a golf bet. And when you've got those top fives and top tens and top 20s, you don't have to worry about the guy, your guys having to win. Let's say, you you know, there's weeks where I've had guys that have just been out of it from the beginning. I might have had one guy that was like in 30th uh, over the weekend. And then there's other times where I've had three of the top five in the final four holes. I think last year, I had McNeely and Homa when they were going back and forth. And only, only, the, only those two guys could win. And I had a both. And I could have guessed, I guess I could have, you know, tried to cash out one and guessed right. Maybe I went on both of them, but... It's a great, you know, feeling to have when you can't lose. And sometimes you don't have that. And when you don't have that, if you've got backup bets for top five and top ten, all you got to do is worry about your guys getting in the, the top five or top ten. You can win a decent amount of money and actually profit as well or at least cover your bets. So to me, I think it's very important that if you're someone that wants to continue to use wagering now that it's legal in Michigan to make some good extra money and not, you know, go above your means, of course. It's very important to, that I always mention that. Look into golf betting. Try it on a small scale. I'm going to give you plays on this show that will help. And obviously you can do, there's a lot of guys out there that I respect. Uh, my man Matt Eumanns from Beeson's really good with golf. Uh, the Action Sports Betting Network's got good golf picks. And you can look at different guys and what their you know odds are to win the outrights and then look at the top fives and top tens and just try to play around with that for the next few weeks and get ready for the Masters where there is a tremendous amount of value because it's a smaller field. 
Some of the odds are a little lower, but you can really kind of peg guys that are built for Augusta. You know, guys like Colin Morikawa, guys like Will Zelatoris, who I had last year and almost got uh, a huge cash, but Matt Siava did a great job in the end. And this would be a great time to really see what the, the brilliance and the beauty of betting a major is like if you haven't really bet golf before. So over the next few weeks, we'll talk more about this, give you some plays. But look into it if you're someone that's looking for something new and exciting to bet that you haven't done before. Tremendous amount of value for very little amount of money. I mean, you don't have to wager a ton to win a, a really good comeback uh, on some of these futures for golf. So I just wanted to throw that out there for you and my unending mission to help you be a better better and to a better better. A better gambler, better better, better wager. And to continue to learn how to do certain things. Uh, that's what the show is all about. And obviously be, you know, having fun on the show and talking serious topics at times, but also showing you and sharing the experience I have uh, of batting for a long time and how I can try to make some of you guys and girls some cash out there. All right, we uh, will get into the Motown betting window, take a sweet trip there, coming right up on the Manic Money edition of the Detroit City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Let's take a trip to the Motown betting window, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Kind of a quiet early part of the week here with the Detroit teams. We do have Michigan State and Iowa coming up tomorrow. We will talk about that game on the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit City Cast. No early line out on that yet. I'm, I'm guessing Iowa is going to be favored by maybe two points, something like that. And Michigan State's really need needing to get their their act together. I mean, that was a a very very disappointing performance. If you're a Spartan fan. Uh, a couple days ago when they lost to Illinois at home and I, I gave that game out on the show and said I really liked Illinois and they, Illinois kind of hung out for dear life and covered that game but this is a big a big spot for Michigan State on the road maybe they can kind of have that you know us against the world mentality and that 7 o'clock start in Iowa and we'll uh, talk more about that game on the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast and for Michigan after the Juwan Howard craziness they're back on the floor on Wednesday at Chrysler against Rutgers so we'll give you all the latest news on what's going on with Jawan Howard, who likely will not be coaching in that game. The Wings back in action uh, at home against Colorado on Wednesday. And the Pistons, after the All-Star break, uh, will play their first game at home against Cleveland, who was the site of the All-Star game itself, the host of the All-Star game. And Team uh, Cavs won that revamped skills competition as well. By the way, just it was looking at this game, getting ready for it, uh, to talk about it tomorrow or uh, later in the week. I was just looking at the Cavs record and the Pistons record. The Cavs are 35 and 23. The Pistons are 13 and 45. And since LeBron had left the Cavs, they had not been a very good team. But right now they've got 22 more wins than the Pistons. And, and the Cavs have had a good year, but like that's just Pistons have 13 wins. 13 and 45. Easily one of the, the top two or three worst teams in the NBA all season long. But hopefully, you know, the future's bright with Troy Dream Weaver. Uh and Kane Cunningham, and hopefully another very high-level pick, maybe the overall number one pick in this upcoming draft, uh, which we'll, of course, get to after the season and looking forward to uh, the NBA draft uh, coming up in June. 
Let's take a look at some futures odds. I, I wanted to throw out some NBA stuff here and a couple plays that I'm on for you. The Phoenix Suns are the favorite right now. Bet Rivers four to one, along with the Golden State Warriors. Nets six to one. Uh, Sixers seven to one, along with the Bucks. Heat twelve to one. Jazz. 17 to 1, Grizzlies 20 to 1. Now, DeMar DeRozan did have a great all star game. He was okay, uh, but I, you know, he was one of the plays I gave you was him for MVP, and that was obviously not correct. But the Bulls 25 to 1. Will it be easy for them to get to the NBA Finals? Of course not. But that is some great value for a team that is playing really well. DeRozan's lighting the, the world on fire. I like the Bulls 25 to 1. And also, uh, when you look at the Bulls, uh, you know, Eastern Conference odds to win the Eastern Conference, they're 12 to 1. You know, the Nets are, are very likely going to win it when they get healthy. And the Sixers now with James Harden have a great chance. We know how good the Bucs are. But after that, you've got Miami, you've got Chicago, Boston, a team like Cleveland, Toronto. It's it's not like the, the East is filled with world beaters like the West is. So I love the Bulls at 12-1 to to win the East and at 25-1 to uh, to win the NBA title. It's just a small play for some fun. And then I gave this out on, on my guys in the desert, my, my girl Stormy, a few weeks ago during the long shot segment. Uh, the Cavaliers, too. I mean, the, the Cavaliers are not likely going to get to the NBA Finals or win the East. But you get 20 to 1 for them right now to win the Eastern Conference. And you get 20, 40 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. You know, a $10 bet wins, you know, $400. $100 bet wins $4,000, you know. But those are the kind of things you got to look at where, you know, you're not putting a, a, a full unit play on these. You're just doing this for fun. This is more, you know, as I discussed earlier in the show, some of you out there are just casual bettors and really just like to put a little money on, on teams you like and these kind of things. You know, for someone like me that does this, you know, to add a, a decent amount of money to my income that is, I'm not a professional per se, but someone that, you know, has been successful in gambling for years, I will definitely make fun plays like this that are not highly analytical or have a high percentage of happening, but sometimes these will cash and when you're not throwing a ton of money on them, it's a lot of fun to do it. So those are uh, two plays I have when it comes to NBA futures odds. But, of course, we'll get into much more of the Detroit teams as they get uh, playing later in the week. Uh, and that is our trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. It's going to do it for us here today on the Manic Money edition of the Detroit CityCast. We will see you tomorrow. Until then, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. March Madness is getting closer and closer. I can't wait. Dan Leach, the Squatch, on this fine Manic Monday. Out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.